You're listening to your Cable Podcast. Hey, podcast. You are listening to your podcast. Back to your. You are listening to the Tableau Podcast. Welcome to the Tableau Podcast. We have like a million subscribers now. Uh, thank you for being one in a million. You can follow us on Instagram at the Tableau Podcast. That's the same thing for uh, Twitter. I think we have a Facebook that I'm not really paying attention to. <laughs> uh, yeah, let your friends know. Okay, I slipped into our DMs. Your own DMs. Well, you know, the Tableau Podcast. <laughs> a lot of people are like, do you, you know, run this account? Yeah. And I don't. Honestly, I don't. Um, we have a great team that does so. Uh, we have Diane right here. Hello. I don't slip into my own DMs. Yeah. Like on my personal Instagram. Blotly below. Yeah, I rarely look at DMs yeah. because there are just so many. And uh, and most of them are like someone mentioned me in a story or something. Yeah. And, um, you know, it, it, I, I, you know, I can't deal with too much information. So uh, I don't look at my own DMs, but I did go into the Tableau podcast um, DMs. Mm-hmm. And there were like a lot of questions. Okay. Um, a lot of them center around like, like what is your inspiration for music? Yeah. Um, and honestly, I've answered that question so many times <laughs> that like I'm, I, I don't know like the perfect answer. It changes every day. There are many things that like kill my inspiration. Yeah. And um. Taxes, obviously, um, like just the paperwork involved, mm-hmm. um, accounting, anything with numbers. Like uh, I also, even if it's like numbers, like um, like when an album drops and like how many countries you're like number one in. I mean, it feels good. Yeah. But just seeing all all these like stats and like analytics and stuff, <laughs> it like, it, like it kind of like, you know, messes with the process. Mm-hmm. You know, I'd rather stay a child, right? And that's that's what you're supposed to be. You're supposed to be like, you're supposed to be that inner child when you create. And that's why it's great to have a team where like, um, you can sort of like delegate. And luckily, Two Cuts, it really likes numbers, <laughs> like in his bank account. <laughs> two Cuts, <laughs> it, it does most of the accounting for Epic Eye. For and, real, for yeah, real? for real, for real. Um, you know, we run our company ourselves. Oh, so yeah. Two Cuts is like the CFO. If we had that title, yeah. I guess he would be the CFO. I'm like the uh, like, I don't know, whatever the creative person would be. Yeah. Um, Mithra makes like the merch, and um, <laughs> and Two Cuts is like, you know, he's he's we trust that he's been doing a good job. Mm-hmm. Um, we trust that he hasn't been like you know, pocketing some of this. Um, or just like that he's good at math. Yeah, we have to trust him <laughs> because he's the only one that will go through all those like stacks of papers. Yeah. And like the only stack of papers I'm going to go through is like, is like my notebook of lyrics. You know, yeah. like I, I I can't do that. Like it just totally messes up my my vibe. Yeah. Do you get a lot of questions about like career stuff though, just in general? I do. I actually do. Oh, okay. Like, what do you mean though? Like specifically? Like, I feel like um, 
people, especially young people, what they mean by is uh, also inspire is just kind of like, how do you stay committed to the track you originally envisioned for yourself? I have a question like that, like in these DMs. Oh, let's um, pull one up. Well, RV and BP says, um, please talk about hardships you faced when wanting to pursue music. Is that sort of along the lines? Yeah, just like how do you stay committed to your chosen path? I was up against a lot of odds um, that I'm sure a lot of, uh, you know, I don't mean to like stereotype us in any way, but like a lot of Asian parents, you know, don't want their kids in the arts. You know what the irony of like, what the weird thing about Asian parents, Asian parents want you in the arts until you actually want to be like fully in the arts. That is very, very true. They just want to boost your uh, college resume. Yo, there is, (laughs) there are no other, like I, I, like everyone around me um, could play a classical instrument. Dude, that is insane. Because right now I'm in music, like I'm fully in the music industry and there are many people around me who can't play an instrument, like most can't. And, uh, but in high school, like in middle school, when I was in, even in elementary school, everyone around me, like playing the flute, at least playing, you know, something like a recorder, like amazing, amazing at the, what is this? The harmonica? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, I forgot the word Ooh. for it. Um, you're, everyone's playing the violin, viola, like this is, and then, and, and everyone's good at art. Like they want you, they, certain parents make their kids like, you know, get tutored in art. And even though they have no intention of becoming like a painter and, you know, these kids were like creating, like, it it was like a gallery at school. And, um, and then the minute some of these kids want to actually go into the arts that, you know, they've been playing the violin for like, let's say like. 12 years up to that point and decide, hey, I want to be a, a violinist, you know? Um, the minute they do that, a lot of parents, Asian parents are like, no. Yeah. Why? I'm like, dude, you, we just got high off the supply <laughs> that you provided. <laughs> and now you're, you're calling me a crackhead. Yeah. Is, that's basically what it is. Yeah. And I'm not saying all Asian parents do this. Because you're not. You're not yeah. one of those. Yeah. And I, I, I'm not saying that only Asian parents do this. But it just happened a lot around me. Like, I don't know. What was your experience, right? Uh, well, it's weird because my mom's side of the family, they're mm-hmm. all artists. So all my uncles and aunts... Well, the, oh yeah, you went to an art school. Well, yeah. well, the uh, the woman, it's all my mom's side. My mom's side, like all the women were like part of like fashion and modeling mm-hmm. and, in Korea. And then all the guys, um, one was a poet. So mm-hmm. he was like an author. Okay, that's and, awesome. And another is a, a sculptor. So he's a sculpt artist and he's an art professor. I forget which. Okay, so you did not deal with this problem. Well, I didn't, but my, my grandma, my dad's side to this day will see me and go, when are you going back to school yeah, to get like a real degree? Why don't, when are you going to be a doctor? And like we tell her like, you know, I'm fully employed in the job that, that I wanted. Yeah, and like, there's, and it's, it's a, it's, 
it's a it's a sufficiently <laughs> lucrative job yeah. where like you can you know there's a lot you can do in the yeah. future and um you know i i kept trying to tell her i was like you know i luckily feel as though i offer something very unique in my field that would be hard to find in someone else so mm-hmm. i make myself very employable See, that's what I'm saying. Okay, parents. Yeah. A lot of, um, well, at least the Asian parents that were around me, like you mentioned, padding the application. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it's not like this devious thing they're doing. They're like, we need, we need to pad the application. <laughs> we need to stack that. Yo, get get out the get out the fiddle. Play that. Get out the brush. Paint it. You know, I'm sure it's not like they're like the devious plan. It's all for the benefit of the child. But I'm saying like, okay, if this is, I'm saying this to Asian parents that that did this or do this. I'm telling them directly. Yes. Yo, if you want your kid to do a certain profession that you've somehow decided is the right thing for them, why are you spending a majority, <laughs> making them spend a majority of their like youth um, trying all these different amazing things, <laughs> right? Give them a taste. Yeah. Of what why are you giving be. them a taste of all these amazing options yeah. only to crush their soul when they decide that they love one of them, right? I mean, like, I, I understand that some people are doing this so that their application to college looks great, yeah. right? But you're 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 shooting yourself in the foot because yeah. if your intention was to make your kid like force your kid into a certain area of or like job, and you know, I'm sorry, but you you're the reason why they experienced all these <laughs> different cool things like playing the violin, like painting stuff, like writing poetry. And like, you know, and doing ballet, like you made these kids like Renaissance kids. Um, but a, a lot of parents, in my personal experience too, yeah. um, my parents wanted me to be these things that they weren't, you know what I mean? Like yeah. they wanted me to be a doctor, a lawyer, you know, the, you know, the uh, typical thing. Mm-hmm. And um, they were none of these. My mom uh, is has been a hairstylist her entire life, okay? I grew up in like, you know, hair salons. And um, I was perfectly proud of that, yeah. that my mom cuts people's hair. And everyone's got hair. Believe me, it's hard. I cut my own bangs yeah, many times. Dude, it's, <laughs> it's hella hard. And I, I've always been proud of that. Yeah. I, I did not, you know, I did not feel bad that my dad was, wasn't a, you know, a brain surgeon. Yeah. Like it didn't matter to me. And, um, and, uh, you know, I'm just saying like, dude, like don't let your kids get a taste of all the amazingness in the world and then cut them off when they, when they get addicted to one. Yeah. You know, that's that you gave them options. Like, so Let the, them choose one. So then, you know, as like that question kind of was saying, like a main obstacle for many people is, you know, their own family. Yeah. Saying I, no. So how do you kind of overcome When that? I pursued music, yeah. um, well, this has been, you know, documented before, but just, just for people who are hearing this for the first time, when I decided to pursue music, I was up against my parents. Like they hated it. Right. Because, um, you know, I went to, I went to Stanford and like, or whatever, right? And they're like, this 
rap, you know, and they didn't even know what rap truly was. Like they assumed it was just like talking really fast. And, you know, I explained to them, I'm not a rapper. Like, you know, I'm, I'm writing these songs. Uh, it's like, it's like modern poetry. And they're like, you want to be a poet? Oh, that was even worse. It's even worse. <laughs> Rap, being a rapper, yeah. at least they don't understand what it is. But being a poet, it's even worse. And Some I'm like, Nick. dude, you quote poets all the time. Like, why can't I be a poet? But they hated it. Um, luckily, I didn't care. Because, you know, I, I was determined to live my life my way. But um, it didn't mean that, you know... Like when I came to Korea to be a musician, um, you know, when you're first starting off doing music, you don't have a place to stay because you're not making any money. You you won't be making any money for the first few years, right? You're going to be struggling. At and the we, least. And we were struggling. Like the first couple companies that signed us, you know, th there was, the companies were honestly messed up. Yeah. Um, we were being shelved. Um, we, we had made an album that we couldn't put out. Uh, we got dropped from this label with the album in our hand and we couldn't pay the studio. And, um, it was just really bad. And, uh, you know, I needed a place to stay, but my parents were so against me doing this that they wouldn't let me stay in our, in our house. Mm -hmm. And, um, they were like, you can stay in our house if you decide to like go back to school or like get a PhD um, or like, you know, take the LSATs or something, mm -hmm. you know. And I didn't want to do that. So I had no money. Um, literally, Mithra and I were um, during summer, like we were in a this really cheap place that we were living together uh, in a room that was actually like smaller than the space right here. Oh, yeah. And um we didn't have air conditioning. It was hot Oof. summer. Yeah. We had a fridge where we would take turns and ha having our head in the freezer to stay cool. Yeah. And someone had given us a, like a huge bottle of Baileys. Ew. Okay. A huge bottle of Baileys. Yeah, and heat. And the thing is, it was in the fridge. But here's the thing. We were so thirsty. <gasps> But we couldn't buy bottled water that um, at times we, we would like ration out the Baileys and drink that because we were so thirsty. For those the, who don't know. And the tap water wasn't good. For so. those who don't know, can you explain what Baileys is? Baileys is like chocolate alcohol, <laughs> like chocolate liquor. Yeah. Right. And in normal conditions, man, like at that age, like, you know, being able to drink Baileys would have been great. But... It's really hot, no air conditioning. We're drinking that. We're getting drunk in, in during the afternoon on a hot day. It's horrible. There's Anyways, cream. that's how we were living. Mm -hmm. But, you know, there's that story about like, you know, that many people tell about like how um, being forced into those situations makes you strive like more. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm not saying that that's, that's a law. I'm not saying that that's like a... That's like a, that's the only way to yeah. strive. But for me, it like, it worked out because it made me uh, a rebel, basically. I was forced to rebel against my parents, not because I wanted to 
or because I was doing anything to do so. It was because they decided to be against me, right? I didn't decide to and be against And that's when them. you really learn and decide like what you stand for. Yeah. And luckily my music that I did was, it was hip hop where um, having that in you, you know, truly works out musically as well. So uh, for me, you know, that, that, that drove me. Just the fact that like, you know, I had to, you know, I had to have the two people that are supposed to understand and to support me and my dreams, like no matter what, um, the fact that those two were my biggest critics right from the onset um, drove me to like really work my ass off, you know, and uh, I'm sure that wasn't why they did it, <laughs> you know, to provide that. They were hoping yeah. you would be like, well, this sucks. Yeah, I don't think <laughs> that they intended that. But, um, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, even if it's not your parents, I mean, that's like least of your worries if your parents are against your dream, right? Yeah. Everyone in the world is going to be against you because they don't give a shit about you. And and if you're like coming up, they, they're going to feel threatened by you. Um, if you're like, coming down, they're going to do everything in their power to push you down even more. Um, because that's just the way the world is. Unfortunately, it's very cold. It's a very cold place. So, um, you know, you're always going to have people who frown upon what you're going to do and to, you know, try to like put obstacles in your way. Um, but you got to make the decision not to let that affect you in a negative way. Only you can do that. Right. Because well, why let them, you know, if you let them crush your dreams, you're a little bit responsible as well. You know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta not care that yeah. much. What's interesting though is, um, I I know a guy that uh, claims that that's how he grew up, like, like struggling. No, or like cushy has never struggled. Yeah, apparently. Okay, and um, is from like a rich family, uh, just. He said himself, he's never struggled. And uh, so I asked him like, dude, but what, what's it like? Like, <laughs> because like, I mean, where do you get to drive then? Like, where do you get that hunger? Like, if, if, you know, you've never had to reach or extend your arm out ever or stretch out your, you know, your whole body to, to attain something. Um, and he was like, it's fucking great. <laughs> And uh, I was like, whoa, what? Because it is, yeah. Apparently it's fucking great, but I, I don't know. I'll never know that life, so. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, but I was like so surprised by the answer. I did not know he was going to hit me with that. That honesty. Yeah, of course I don't hang out with them. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so looking at my DMs, another... DM that came in. If you could have one obscure, unexpected superpower, which one would it be? Flying, teleportation, mind reading, invisibility, etc. aren't options. We must interrupt the Tableau podcast for some breaking news. Speaking of superpowers, I woke up yesterday to these things on my trending. One, Sony. Number two, Spider-Man. Number three, Tom Holland. Number four, Spidey. Number five, Marvel. And of course, I didn't have context 
I just saw this and I was like, what is going on here? And I was thinking to myself, hey, did our episode four create some some problems? Like, did, did this like blow up this big? Because you know how Eddie Nam, my manager, uh, came and talked about, you know, pretty much how much he hates Spider-Man. And he had that famous line now, just go, bro. So I, I actually uh, looked into it. I'm like, what's going on? And now all of you know, because it's all over the news. Uh, so Spider-Man is apparently no longer going to be a part of the MCU because this deal between Sony and Disney uh, fell apart. So for those of you who don't know what the situation was prior to this, so Marvel, um, the comic company, created Spider-Man. But at, at a time when they weren't making the movies themselves, um, sold the rights to these characters to different studios. So Fantastic Four and X-Men were with Fox, which Disney recently bought. So now there's no problem there. Um, and Spider-Man was with Sony. So all the Tobey Maguire Spider-Mans and the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man 1 and 2 were with Sony. And then Kevin Feige at Marvel Studios worked out a deal with, uh, with Sony so that they could include um, the Tom Holland Spider-Man that we have you know, grown to love, um, include him into the MCU. So with Civil War, that's how it started. And uh, so it was like a working relationship where, from my understanding, is Kevin Feige and uh, Marvel Studios basically makes the entire film, like just does all the creative work. And then Sony does the promotion and, I don't know, the marketing. And then there's like a revenue split. Until this news came out yesterday, uh, I actually didn't know how the splits were going, but if we are to believe this, so apparently Marvel Studios only got 5% of uh, gross, you know, sales, like so, ticket sales, basically. So, um, so if they made a billion dollars, they're only getting 5% of that, and 95% was going to Sony for just having the rights to Spider-Man. Right. I'm not downplaying, you know, having the rights to it. I'm sure they purchased it for you know quite a bit of money in the past. So but so what happened was after Civil War, Infinity War, like Endgame and the two Spider-Man movies with the MCU, you know, they're making billions of dollars now. So and also, you know, Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios and Disney just did a really good job. Right. They they made this character like very, very important right now. And uh, so Disney asked Sony, yo, this ain't going to work. Like 95, 5%, it's not going to work anymore. Can we invest with you like 50-50 and then split profits 50-50? And apparently Sony was like, no. Uh, and then Sony threw back some numbers and Disney was like, hell no. And then uh, the negotiations fell apart. And now... Apparently, for the time being at least, uh, Kevin Feige is no longer going to be taking care of the Spider-Man, you know, story from this point on. And Spider-Man is not going to be a part of the MCU, which is a lot of people are mad and pissed that this is happening, right? 
And this is it, it, it's, it's, this is business dictating, um, you know, what the, the story, basically, um, what the fans want. And um, so everybody was like, obviously, on my Twitter. I can't wait to see what Tableau says about this on on the Tableau podcast. And I don't know. I'm like, I'm like, oh, no, because, you know, they just basically made Spider-Man like the next Iron Man. And if all of a sudden he disappears from the MCU, the MCU is going to be weird. And also if they take Spider-Man and take him back to Sony and then like put him with Venom or something and create their own storyline from this point on, that's also weird. Because it's like, you're going to be watching that and you're going to be like, dude, you forgot about Tony Stark? Like, you never mention him. You forgot about Happy? You you never mention him. And then everyone in the MCU is like, never talking about Spider-Man? That makes no sense, right? So, this is a really, really... This, is, this isn't just breaking news to me. It's heartbreaking news. And... Yeah, so that's it. So Disney just wants 50% of the cut. They will invest 50%. And then I take it, still continue to create all of it, right, creatively. And all Sony has to do really is is marketing. And really at this point, like, I don't mean to downplay the job of marketers. It's, it's, it's a noble job. It's required. But how hard could it be? To, to market an MCU film at this point. Dude, you put up a trailer on YouTube and you're pretty much done. It's like the fans are doing most of that work for you anyways. How hard could it be to market these films at this point? Uh, I'm sure it's not as hard as creating the films. And it obviously works under Kevin Feige. I mean... It should definitely stay. But Sony is basically, you're not getting this 50% until you fix this damn door, is what they're saying. And this is bad. If Spider-Man goes back to Sony, we're going to have to watch Uncle Ben die again. (laughs) Dude, do you know how many times Uncle Ben has died? Dude, leave the man alone. You guys keep killing him, reviving him, and killing him. And if you do it again, I don't need another situation like that. Like, leave, let's let Uncle Ben be. Um, how do, actually, I haven't told her yet. Like, she's going to be very confused. She's going to be like, what? How can, how can that be possible? And I'm like, well, you know, because like Disney and like, and she likes, you know, she likes Disney because she likes the Disney princesses too. So she'll be like, but why won't Disney like just just be like okay with the 5%? You know, they're nice people. And I'm like, well, you see, Disney <laughs> is is a corporation and what you see is different. See, and right now what's going on is like there's like, you know, the obvious blame game. Some people are blaming Sony, um Sony's blaming Disney. Um, some people are on the side of Disney and MCU and saying like, dude, Sony, they're idiots. Dude, you're getting a huge, even with 50%, you're getting a huge cut. These movies are like grossing a billion right now. So they're like, just just let Marvel take care of it, right? Because we don't. 
Because we really don't need to see uh, what Sony does with this. Have you ever seen the the uh, Tobey Maguire evil dance on YouTube? You've seen it, right? Okay. Imagine Tom Holland. I'm, I'm sure they've learned their lesson, but imagine Tom Hall- Holland all of a sudden having to do the evil dance. We we need him back. My only ideas for a solution to this is if Kevin. Okay, so basically, if you have two conflicting interests, um, you you you, and it, it's impossible to bring them to the middle. One person is going to have to yield a little bit, right? One person is going to have to make a sacrifice. That happens in relationships. That happens in marriages. So basically, Sony or Disney is going to have to, you know. Give up a little bit of their greed. Because this is about money. So if Kevin Feige just goes to Disney and is like, dude, I've built this character into the story to the point where the Avengers, you know, it's not going to make sense without Tom Holland's Spider-Man. So um, please, if you want me around to oversee the rest of these films, please just give Sony what they want just so that we can have this character um, in this thing. You know, we're making enough money with all the other films anyways. And having Spider-Man in there um, definitely helps. So, you know, let's think about the ancillary benefits and just just strike a deal for me or I leave, you know? And, you know, Disney is not going to let Kevin Feige go at this point. Or someone at Sony... Please take the executives that are in charge of this decision. Take them into a screening room. Just sit them down. Like start at like nine in the morning. Tell them to leave their whole, you know, day empty. The schedule is just gone and you're just sitting in that screening room. And play for them. Spider-Man 2. Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 2. Personally, it's a guilty pleasure for me. I, I like to watch the movie. Um, just to get that guilty pleasure. But please. Oh, no, wait. Not Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Spider-Man 2 was one of the greatest movies. Show them Spider-Man 3 uh, over and over again. And then, <laughs> and, then, and then watch the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man. Okay. The two films. It didn't even get to be a trilogy. And then watch Far From Home. Okay. And if if it doesn't like ring any bells in them, come on, just just have them in locked in the screening room until they they agree. They're like, dude, we don't know what the hell we're doing. Let's just let Marvel take care of this. Sorry for the interruption. Now back to the scheduled programming. Um, uh, thank you for sending this in. She wants perfect recall. So because she's always forgetting stuff, she wants like super memory. Wow. Well, a lot of people have super recall, right? They have photographic memory. Yeah. And um, I have a fairly, like, good, really awesome memory. No <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> fairly, really awesome. I know, but I've always had a, a really good memory. And um, honestly, some at most times, I wish I didn't. Because there's things you definitely don't want to Yeah, remember. there's things I want to, like, delete. Like, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, right? Like, yeah. the movie. Um, I wish there was, like, a place where I could go erase certain memories. But I have such a vivid memory of things that, like, 
it really does not work in my favor when when I remember bad things. Yeah. And I would just be like in a car ride um to a to a show with my members and I would suddenly remember like something heartbreaking. Yeah. And I I can remember so many details about it, which is one of the reasons why um you know, why I write the way I do mm-hmm. because I write in a way where like it's 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 um like my lyrics um, tend to paint a paint a like a scene of what's happening in 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 great detail sometimes, and that's just the way my memory works. And it sucks when I'm remembering like remembering something terrible. And back to the superpower. Yeah. Um, I don't like I don't know if this is possible. I, this is going to be a very weird superpower. Go for it. I I doubt that I will be uh, recruited into the Avengers. Uh, I want to be able to like make a force field around me of privacy. Okay. Yeah. Hear me out. Yeah. So not that big, but like maybe like. Like Super Mar- the Super Smash Brothers circle. Yeah. Like five meters maybe out. Oh. And like in each direction. And it's like a, a thing that you can't see, but cameras and um like cell phones don't work around me so if anybody needs like time away from like people taking pictures or like just like phones in general or like technology spying on you you just have to like be sitting down with me at a coffee shop and you're per- <laughs> you're perfectly fine as yeah. long as you're like near me Call right silence. i wish I, I wish like you know if someone's like right next to me and trying to take my picture their phone, the, the picture comes out like blank or something. So I have the power, superpower of, of privacy. Okay, so you, no cameras, no electronics, basically. So complete privacy in, in like this five meter thing around me. But like, people are allowed to talk to you? That's fine. They can talk to me, but like no pictures and Technology that spies on you just fails to work around me. Got it. Okay. I mean, isn't that a great superpower? I also think that's what you pay rent for because it's a house. You have a very good point. <laughs> you have a you house. Have, you do have a point there. Uh, but, you know, we can't carry our houses around. So my superpower <laughs> is... I create a, a, a like a home around me, basically. That's a right? car. Like an invisible home. Okay. Okay. But okay, the reason why I'm saying this though yeah. is that um, you know, I am deathly afraid of these um technologies, like these um connected things that are uh, you know, obviously spying on us. Yes. And this is a fact, you know that, right? Yeah, if your phones like, are listening to you no matter what. Even when you're sleeping. Even when you have your uh, phone off, apparently, yes, um, it is listening to uh, keywords. Yeah, and and I I got really super obsessed with this because um, during our U.S. tour, our North American tour, um, we were in Boston, and uh, my manager Eddie, that you guys all know now, uh, my manager Eddie and I were walking back from like a restaurant um, to get to the venue, and. Eddie was mentioning some of the, some festivals, like certain specific festivals that um, he thought would be great for Epic High. So he was discussing it with me. 
And I was like, oh, that, that'd be great. And then we get to um, the venue. We're like sitting down in the green room, like just, you know, killing time. And he opens his phone and um, went on Facebook or something. And there was an ad for that festival that we were just talking about. Yeah. And I actually am not a Facebook user. And uh, so I didn't know that that was happening. But pe people that were in the green room were like, oh, you didn't know this? Like, you're, because of advertising, your phone is constantly listening to um, you mm -hmm. and listening for keywords and then giving you that advertisement like to your face. No, you know what's funny? Um, so I had a lot of friends test this. Um, and then one person I know, he said that he went for a run. He left his phone purposely at home uh -huh. with telenovelas on in Spanish. Uh -huh. And then he said he literally came back and then within 24 hours, his ads were in Spanish. Dude. Yeah. He's a white American. Like he okay, doesn't speak Spanish. I tried to do what you're saying. Yeah. I tried to test it. And um, I took my friend's phone because he he's a Facebook user. I took his phone. His name's Jay. Um, I took his phone and I and I spent like 15 minutes talking uh, about teddy bears. Okay. Because I was like, I want to test it out. Is that for real? And I was like, Jay, give me your phone. And I was like, teddy bear, teddy bear. I love teddy bears. Oh my God, teddy bears. Is that a big teddy bear? Or is that a small teddy bear? Oh my God, is that a pink teddy bear? Oh my God, I'm obsessed with teddy bears. I want teddy bears in my room. I want teddy bears in my car. I want teddy bears all over me. I want teddy bears in a t-shirt. I want teddy bears like chained to my neck. I want teddy bears. And I went nuts for 15 minutes. Yeah. For some reason, um, nothing happened. Really? Yeah, because I actually uh, texted him a few days ago and I was like, yo, did you see teddy bears like in your ads? And uh, he said, uh, no. For some reason, I, I said, did teddy bears ever pop up? And he's like, no, for some reason it didn't. But then the, uh, the next day I had a friend talk about the Honda Accord several times and that shit popped up everywhere for, I guess o it for over a week. And he says, is probably because there isn't any major player in the teddy bear field. <laughs> so there's no one paying to advertise teddy bears. So my test failed because I chose, I don't know why I chose teddy bears. That was yeah. like the only thing that popped in my head. Mm -hmm. And, um, but at the same time, now, now that I think about it, if there isn't any major player in the teddy bear field paying to advertise. That's called your next merch line. Dude. Maybe I should go into teddy bears. It's like a, it's like a untouched market. You know what? It also is an unasked for market. That is that's very <laughs> usually possible. supply and demand with mm -hmm. both, not just supply. But as I'm saying, like so, that's when I realized that Facebook and um, not even just Facebook. I heard you know iPhones do it, Android phones do it, Google does it. Um, there's you know supposedly Google Chrome. Um, has a lot of holes in it where it's like sending your data everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, apparently, Firefox is is a safer Mozilla. Yeah, apparently, Firefox is um, has been updated in a way where like it filters out uh, cookies that track you and only allows cookies that um, you know do don't do like like malicious ads. things. Yeah, and because. Not all cookies are bad, right? Yeah. Some, you need Love some that. cookies to, for like, you know, for the ease of using the internet, right? Yeah. And, um, but 
all these things monitor you and um and now appliances are wired so i i i Your don't fridge. know if my fridge is listening in on conversations and luckily i don't have any of those voice assistants at home um oh yeah like alexa google home yeah i am afraid of that and um i'm actually just afraid of that like haru will like say a bunch of stuff and like it'll come to my house because of amazon yeah. and and then i'll be broke um <laughs> but i don't have any of that but after i started like reading up on this um and there's a great um thing that somebody at the washington post did that everyone should check out if they're interested in this um but i've noticed that my siri dude i have a really good relationship with my siri okay and i i have been a power user of siri what for like to the point where like it's like a tony stark jarvis kind of deal <laughs> like it's like edith it's like and like um I just you know I need I need a lot of reminders for stuff because I'm always you know thinking of stuff and I don't want to miss anything so I use Siri like crazy and I have been but I noticed that after I became aware of this I noticed that my Siri turns on sometimes and like butts into conversations I'm having at times like with with my wife in the car or like you know it would just suddenly beep on and be like what did you say kind of you know you know what i mean is it uh cuz how do you tr- how do you trigger siri you just go siri hey siri yeah hey siri um or you press the button and my phone's just you know n- no one's touching it and it will suddenly like beep on be like i didn't catch that yeah i didn't catch that and i'm like thank god you didn't catch that <laughs> like I'm going to throw you out the window. Like, what are you doing, Siri? And I'm I actually went on like a detox of um, you know, these things to to like I deleted certain apps and stuff like that that um, you know, apparently you know, could be spying on me mm-hmm. and just uh turning off Siri and doing all of these things because because I'm kind of nervous. I mean like mm. and that's why I would have a superpower like that, right? Yeah. To render them useless. Oh, that makes sense. Right? So that it's almost like you're like a pirate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And just around me. So like if you're with me, you're you're all good. No one's like spying on you. You would be the FBI most wanted. Dude, I'm scared that They would that- literally be like who is this guy who doesn't want to be tracked? I'm scared that me even talking about <laughs> this right now is going to is going to, you know, attract people to this podcast and like our Instagram is going to be like hacked. You know what it is for me? I would want that just so people don't see how many times I Google how many ounces are in or how many grams are in an ounce. Cause it's how kind many of, grams are in an ounce? I don't, I don't know. I've, I've definitely Googled it many, many times. And it that's just the thing with, doesn't stick. Yeah, that's the thing with Google. <laughs> it never sticks. It doesn't stick. Because you can just search it every time. But anyways, I, I am afraid of like I love technology. I'm a I'm a good user of technology and technolo- technology has benefited my music and you know, we can't have this podcast <laughs> without technology, but I I am still fully aware of Skynet from Terminator, okay? Of like the Matrix 
Come yeah. on. Yeah. Yes. And um, just any movie where AI or the bots, the computers have taken over uh, the world, yeah. you know, it's got to start somewhere. Right. And I know it's all, you know, it's all, it's all science fiction, but it is science fiction. Wow. And that's why I am constantly scared. I'm very scared. So I want everyone to get, get your phone right now. Just okay, you're listening right on a phone right now. You're all listening on a phone. I want you to delete every app except the Apple Podcasts app. <laughs> Spotify. Or Spotify. SoundCloud. Or SoundCloud YouTube. or YouTube. <laughs> so all of them. Never mind. <laughs> I want you to listen to the Tableau podcast. I don't want you to like detox yourself to the point where you can't hear these, these truths. But um, yeah, like uh, I am always mindful of where technology is going. And uh, especially because I have a daughter and she's going to be fully living in this, in this, in this, you know, advanced world um, in the future. And I don't want it to be a Skynet. You know, I don't want Terminators coming and like, you know, turning into like, turning their arms into blades and like chasing after us. And my daughter's like on a, on a dirt bike <laughs> on the highway, just like doing awesome, like just riding like a hero. As badass as that scene you just painted is. Yeah, and I have a, I have a leather jacket on with a, you know, just, I'm fighting this monster of a thing and I protect her and then I, and then I fall into like a pit of flames and lava and just, and all I have is my thumbs up, <laughs> you know? And I'm like, you know, putting everyone into tears. I don't want that situation. So uh, let's all, let's all pray that, you know, technology doesn't get the best of us and uh, is working for us and not not the other way around. There we go. That, that was all I wanted to talk about today. Yes. Thank you. My, I can't believe we slipped into our DMs and we came all the way to here. <laughs> Podcasts are weird. I'm literally going to be on the lookout for Honda Accord and teddy bears. Teddy bears, teddy bears, teddy bears, teddy, teddy bears, bears, teddy bears. bears. <laughs> and if there's ever a major player in the teddy bear sector. I feel like I'm just going to get an ad for like a Theodore Roosevelt museum. <laughs> Possible. Build a bear. <gasps> Anyways, thank you for joining us today. Uh, I'll see you again. I'll, you know, be visiting your ears again in a week. So please follow the Tableau podcast on IG and Twitter. And uh, please rate and review us on Apple podcasts. And also, if you are wondering like the, what I'm listening to, um, my playlist. A lot of you are asking like, hey, rec recommend some songs. Uh, be on the lookout for a playlist that we'll have um, so you can listen to what I listen to. You'll see